You're listening to Ship Talking with Sharon Levine. Join Sharon as she discusses the human experience of creating and maintaining relationships of all kinds, from friendships to family and everything in between. And now, here's Sharon. Welcome to another episode of Ship Talking, WCHL's relationship show where we talk about relationships of all types. As a quick reminder, Ship Talking is now on Apple Podcasts, so go follow us over there and listen to us whenever you want. Give us five stars and a review if you like us, because that'd be really great. All right, I am your host, Sharon Levine, and I am joined again by Alexandra uh, tell me your last name one more time. Oh, man. <laughs> Voida. Voida. Okay, Alexandra Voida, who is a clinical psychology doctoral student studying relationships. And she chatted with us last time about the questions you all had on how to sustain relationships in a global pandemic. And she is back because you all had way more questions than she could have possibly answered in one show. So hi, Alexandra. Welcome back. Thanks for having me again. I'm really happy to continue with this nice Q&A that we've got going on here. (laughs) So yeah, I reached out to social media over the past couple of weeks, and I've gotten a lot of questions in about relationships. Um, Again, more questions than you could answer in a 30-minute show. So I've kind of grouped them based on theme, and I thought I could read a few that felt similar, and you can kind of tackle them either individually or as a batch all at once. Does that work for you? Yeah, either or works fine for me. Okay, great. So I got a good number of questions about how to overall be successful in just normal day-to-day life. And so those were questions like, how can couples create healthy routines around check-ins? And what are some strategies for developing a system for running households together? Mm-hmm. So I got a lot of just kind of day-to-day life questions. And then I got another batch of questions that were similar yet centered more around how to be successful in a relationship when big stuff comes up. So those were things like um, successfully navigating, you know, upcoming changes like a move or transitioning mm-hmm. to long distance. Uh, I had one question that I really liked, which was, how can relationships or marriages insulate themselves proactively against a major crisis to the marriage, like a mm-hmm. loss of job, illness, death of a child, or ongoing infertility? Yeah. So, Alexandra. <laughs> How can a couple be successful in the everyday and how can a couple be successful when going through the big, tough stuff? Big, tough stuff. Yeah. So those are two really, really important topics to address. And that's sort of essentially the, the meat of relationships, right? How do you get through the daily stuff? And then when those crises hit, what can you do as well? Uh, so I'll address that first part about the, the day-to-day, and I think that'll serve as a nice foundation for how to understand and make sense of some of the elements that I think are really important when those crises and big stressors do affect relationships. Um, so in, in my work, the way that we think about uh, the day-to-day of relationships and how to make sure that you as a couple are sort of a well-oiled machine, uh, we kind of think about three noteworthy elements. And the first is positive behaviors. The second is making sure that you're engaging in effective communication. And the last is making sure that you're taking the time to intentionally and deliberately grow together as a couple. 
Uh, so I'll talk about these one at a time. The first uh, relative to positive behaviors, uh, there are kind of two types of positive behaviors that uh, we oftentimes think about that make relationships run smoothly. First is doing things that uh, make your life uh, run smoothly for yourself and for your partner. So that could include uh, things like defining uh, who does what in the relationships. So that kind of addresses the household responsibilities part. Uh, oftentimes couples define roles and routines that are just related to practical tasks, um, like who does the chores, who pays the bills. And I think what's really, really important for couples is to make sure that these roles don't become too rigid over time and that you're not micromanaging each other's behavior on a day-to-day -day basis. And you want to make sure that your roles and what you're responsible for, what your partner's responsible for, uh, change over time depending on the nature of what you're dealing with, right? The sort of the stage of life that you're in. So, Sorry, I didn't yeah. mean to. That's really interesting because I, I did get a question specifically about like when are household routines and systems like too much? Like when are they too rigid? When are they in term kind of harmful and stressful to the relationship? Yeah, yeah. So I'm, I'm glad that you're really accentuating that point. And I think an example that relates to that pretty nicely is, you know, over the course of a relationship, two partners are going to encounter uh, different changes, uh, let's say with respect to one's job or one's career. You know, if one partner needs to work many more hours during a given week or they need to study really hard for an upcoming uh, really, really big exam that they're taking in school or for their career, you know, the other partner they would do a disservice of the relationship if they sort of dig their heels in the ground and still expect that other person who has a lot of stressors on their shoulders to keep up with all of the chores and household responsibilities in the way they have been in the absence of those stressors. So to make things run smoothly, one partner might want to volunteer to take on more responsibilities during really hard weeks um, if the other person is dedicating more time to other stuff for their career or for school or what have you. Um, so I think that flexibility is going to be really, really key. Um, and, and so I think kind of having conversations about that, what one person can handle at any given point in time is really, really, really important towards that end. So kind of just having these kind of baseline structure with the implied understanding that like, this is dynamic, this is flexible, this is going to change. Exactly. Yeah. So sort of these are our roles. These are sort of what we expect each other to do on a week to week basis, but kind of with an asterisk next to it. Um, and in the fine print, it's like, eh, we're going to try to keep this flexible depending on what we need at any given point in time. Gotcha. Okay. Um, speaking of routines, I think a part of the other um, thing that's really important in terms of positive behaviors is making sure that you develop routines with your partner that feel special and that help the two of you feel connected. Uh, so it could be something as simple as having a cup of coffee or tea together every morning to larger things like figuring out how do you want to spend your holidays together? What sort of traditions do you want to have together as a couple? This can be a really, really nice way of not only building in a sense of regularity and predictability into your schedules, but also having some uniqueness, something that's shared only between the two of you. Okay. 
The other type of um, positive behaviors that we see are you know, just things that uh, affirm the, your partner and affirm your commitment to the relationship. Um, so making sure that you're listening to your partner to what to find out what's on their mind or in engaging in things like humor and laughter and physical touch, you know, all these things um, make you feel close and connected with your partner. Um, so making sure that you're expressing how much you value and appreciate them is really, really important. We'll be back in a few minutes to Ship Talking on 97.9 The Hill. You're listening to Ship Talking with Sharon Levine. We'll be back with more after this on 97.9 The Hill. And now back to Ship Talking with Sharon Levine. Once again, here's Sharon. Welcome back to Ship Talking on 97.9 The Hill. I am your host, Sharon, joined by Alexandra, who was just talking with us about little behaviors couples can do in their everyday life to to be successful. So when we last left off, we were talking about some of the routine positive behaviors that couples can do to make their relationship successful. And so I, I uh, briefly uh, touched on just kind of routines that couples can develop um, in terms of household responsibilities, kind of sharing the practical tasks um, and just things that you can do to show your partner that you really value and appreciate them. Uh, the last two areas that I want to talk briefly about um, are effective communication and growing together as a couple. Uh, with respect to that first one, I think the biggest thing that couples struggle with is making sure that they listen to each other and truly understand what your partner is trying to tell you at any given point in time. So in other words, listen, 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 listen. Um, oftentimes where people run into trouble when they're having a conversation with their partner, especially about vulnerable topics, is that they often jump to conclusions or make assumptions about what their partner is trying to say. And sometimes people just want to know that you've got them and that you're following and you're listening and you're paying attention. So checking in to see if you really understood what the other person said is really, really important to have these kinds of conversations. It also really helps to try to perspective take and try to put yourself in your partner's shoes. Um, sometimes people get so wrapped up in their own thoughts that they have a hard time kind of seeing the world through their partner's eyes. And so if you want to uh, try to express understanding, just try to put yourself in your partner's shoes. Um, stay away from uh, criticizing, name calling, digging your heels into the ground, especially when disagreements arise. That's not going to help. It's not really not going to get anywhere with that. Um, so criticizing, hostility, all of that. Um, it's going to make things go worse. Uh, and, and essentially the conversation is not going to be nearly as productive as you want it to be. So be empathic and listen, in other words. Um, any strategies uh, for when that's really hard? Because at baseline, it's so simple, right? Like just pause, just listen, try to, to put yourself in their shoes. But it's yeah. much easier said than done. So. That, absolutely. That takes a lot of practice. And one, one strategy that I would recommend, and this is actually something that we teach couples in couple therapy, is 
if you're listening to what your partner is saying, try to quiet your inner dialogue a little bit by really focusing on what they're sharing with you. Oftentimes people are preparing their rebuttal, they're thinking ahead to what they want to say. So making sure that you're really honing in on your partner's words is going to be important. And afterward, when your partner is done talking, just take a minute or so to recap or summarize what you heard them say. That ensures to some extent that you've really encoded their message and it kind of slows the conversation down too. It makes you a little less reactive, especially if they said something that's upsetting to you. So I think those are really two important strategies. Don't try to get ahead of yourself on the one hand, and uh, on the other hand, try to summarize what you just heard your partner said. I think those two things in combination can go a long way. So you were mentioning some behavioral strategies, some communication strategies, and your third point was was growth, right? Yes, growth. Yeah. So I, I talked a lot about like things that partners can do consistently together as a team, routines that they can develop. But you also want to make sure that you're balancing this with novelty and excitement in your relationship. In other words, don't let your relationship get stale, right? You want to be an inherently interesting person to your partner. So over time, make sure that you're building on common interests together. Take dance classes together if that's something that floats your boat. Go hiking together. Do things essentially that you both enjoy to continue to bring a sense of vitality to your relationship. Mm -hmm. um, I hear so often in couples therapy, when people come in for the first time, they talk about something that we call relationship drift, which means that they don't feel connected to their partner anymore. Uh, they feel feel like things have really gotten away from them as if they're just two roommates who are coexisting in the same apartment. And a part of what's gotten them there is that they're not being intentional about how they're spending their time together and what they're doing to connect. And this idea of novelty and excitement and building on your relationship, uh, sort of watering it like a plant and watching it grow is something that we teach these couples pretty early on in their time in therapy. So I think that's just the third uh, biggest principle that's really key to keep in mind to make sure that, again, your relationship's a well-oiled machine. Awesome. Thank you. I love that. Now, how about when you're dealing with some of the tougher stuff? Yeah, I mean, that's it's um, kind of hard to get into specifics about that, um, especially if we're just sort of thinking about crisis or stress on a pretty broad scale in relationships. Yeah. Um, so um, I'm just going to talk about two basic principles that I think do apply to most instances when couples do encounter some difficulties. Um the first is uh, kind of using those good communication skills that you have. Make sure that you have a conversation about it to ensure that you have a similar understanding of what this stressful situation is calling for. Right. I think, Sharon, uh, one of the examples that you brought up is um, kind of entering into a long distance relationship. Right. I think it's really important in that case that both you and your partner understand what the demands of that situation are. What is the situation calling for from both of us? So talking about it, making sure that uh, you're seeing mostly eye to eye on the different elements of the issue and the problem is going to be really important. Uh, that sets a really nice foundation for the second piece, uh, which is making sure that you also talk about what types of support you might need 
during that difficult time and what types of support your partner is going to need during this difficult time. Um, oftentimes, uh, partners kind of miss the point. They assume what their partner needs and then basically act on those assumptions. And uh, that creates some areas of difficulty where you're offering support that doesn't necessarily feel good to the other person. So make sure that you're, you have a solid understanding of that going into this so that you're kind of optimally mapped optimally matching, I don't know why that was hard to say, optimally matching um, what you uh, what you can provide to your partner with what they actually want from you in that moment in time. Communication, communication, communication. <laughs> Indeed, I know that's probably uh, people might be rolling their eyes when they hear me say that, but it's it's true. It's we spend a lot of time teaching communication skills to couples. It's sort of a huge cornerstone to relationships. So can't really emphasize that point enough. <laughs> well, we're going to take a pause again because we're out of time for this segment, but we'll be back in just a few minutes. Thanks for listening to Ship Talking on ninety seven nine The Hill. You're listening to Ship Talking with Sharon Levine. We'll be back with more after this on 97.9 The Hill. And now back to Ship Talking with Sharon Levine. Once again, here's Sharon. Welcome back to Ship Talking. I'm your host, Sharon, joined by Alexandra, who has been answering some, some of your questions. I got a lot of questions about how to keep our relationships happy and successful in the day-to-day life and when big tough stuff comes up. And another set of questions I got were, were just kind of curious space. They they wanted to ask a couple's therapists, like, how do you know a relationship is going to bad is going bad? Uh, what are the biggest signs of of trouble in a relationship? There's a wide variety of issues that couples bring to couple therapy that kind of signal that things are kind of thrown off course for the two of them. I think some of the more classic concerns that people probably think of when they imagine a couple in couples therapy is um, your prototypical angry couple who comes in and they're yelling and screaming and their conversations are really, really hard to contain because they get out of control. Um, and we do see that. Uh, we do. We definitely see that. But I think this question is also asking, well, what are the steps leading up to that point? Um, how do we know when it's getting bad before partners start yelling and screaming and that's just sort of their norm? Um, I mentioned this in the previous segment, but I think it's worth bringing this up again that oftentimes the way uh, those relationship problems start is when partners start to drift apart and feel much more disconnected. Uh, Usually the way that comes up for a lot of people is at the start of their relationship, they put in a lot of time and effort into um, courting the other person and they're so attracted to them and they go on dates and they spend a lot of time together as a couple. But then when they start to settle down and experience life in its full form, that's when they start spending less, less time together, put in less um, effort and energy into kind of nourishing their relationship as a couple. And so things kind of drift apart. They're less intentional about these things. And they kind of move through these different stages of life together with sort of expecting things to be as exciting as it was since day one, without accounting for the fact that if you have a child, let's say, that's going to inherently change the dynamics of your relationship. Um, 
So I think kind of drifting through life without that kind of intentionality um, is what starts to uh, create some of those cracks uh, in the relationship. Um, sometimes in other cases, people start to develop signs and symptoms of depression too, as a result of that feeling of uh, just being disconnected from your partner. Um, and also just life getting the best of you too. Um, not having enough time for one another when you have a busy schedule, life takes over, you're dedicating more time to other things outside of your relationship than to breathing life into your relationship. Um, those are all like some of the earlier signs that if you don't take care of this stuff now, things might start to mushroom and cause more problems down the line for you. Which um, goes back to kind of what you were talking about in segment two, which was just how to nurture your relationship in the day to day. Exactly. That is a huge, huge principle that I think people sort of lose, especially once they become much more committed and settle down with someone. They just sort of expect most a lot of couples just sort of expect that to happen um, naturally. That spark is always going to be there. The issue is, is that you got to continue to build on that spark. Um, so I think people sort of lose that along the way. Yeah. All right, Alexandra, we are just about out of time. Any last thoughts before we wrap up? Yeah, well, I have to say, I think it's really great. Uh, you've got a lot of thoughtful questions, people who are being uh, very curious about how to continue to build on their relationship. Um, and with that in mind, I want to end things off by saying that um, for any of your listeners who are hearing this episode right now and maybe want to uh, seek out couples therapy for any reason, the University of North Carolina does have a really nice resource. We do have our own couples clinic um, and we are starting to accept referrals uh, for the fall season, which is great. Um, so if you want to find out more information about um, how to get into contact with the clinic, you can go to clinic.unc.edu uh, to get that info. So want to put the, that UNC, out there. the UNC clinic is, is more affordable than kind of um, most private clinics, right? It is. Yes, we have a sliding scale fee. So it's um, what you pay per session is all dependent on your income and how much you make, which is okay. different than how a lot of other clinics are run. Cool. Well, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for the work you're doing. And I'm, I'm just grateful you came on to chat with me. Yeah, thanks for having me, Sharon. And if you are listening and have any comments or thoughts, please reach out to us at shiptalking at wchl.com. We'd love to hear from you. We'll see you next week. You've been listening to Ship Talking with Sharon Levine on 97.9 The Hill. For more episodes, visit the on-demand page of our website, chapelboro.com. 